So I read a blog this week in which a bunch of ladies kind of articulated what it's really like to be a mom. And I think many of you are going to really identify with what they said. And some of you are going to learn a little something about what your wife or mom goes through each and every week. One mom wrote, silence is golden. Unless you have kids, then silence is suspicious. (laughs) One lady said, I don't want to sleep like a baby. Why do people say that? I don't want to sleep like a baby. I want to sleep like my husband. This guy, he stays asleep no matter what. Baby screaming, nuclear bombs going off. He's not waking up for any of it. There was a mom who said, once you become a parent, a booty call is what happens when your kid shouts from the bathroom that he needs some help wiping, okay? Another mom confessed, people used to ask me about my son, can he have this? With my first kid, I was like, "Uh, is it organic and is it homemade? With this second son, I'm like, look, he can have anything except cigarettes and alcohol. Just give it to him. I don't even care. One more that I really liked. This mom said, you know, I tucked my kids in last night and I said, good night, sweetie. I'll see you in the morning. And then we all laughed and laughed and saw each other 11 more times before sunrise. That describes some of your night last night. You know, you had that thing where you put them to bed and they just kept getting up and getting up. But you know what? You made it to church today. Glad you're here. And on behalf of Connect Church, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all of you. Can we make some noise and show some appreciation for the moms that are here? Absolutely. You know, Mother's Day is a really interesting holiday for a bunch of different reasons. I mean, uh, you know, we've got to acknowledge that Mother's Day is the celebration of both the greatest blessing that a human being can carry and the greatest burden that a human being can bear. Let's just be real for a minute. Motherhood is difficult. It's wonderful. I know you love your kids. I know you love your family. They're a joy. And also, they're a lot of work. They carry a lot of weight and responsibility. Motherhood is both wonderful and motherhood is difficult. Not only is motherhood wonderful and difficult, but Mother's Day is both wonderful and difficult. You know, for some of you, you're going to get to spend time with your mom today, and you're so excited about that. You've got lunch plans, and you've got a beautiful card, and maybe some flowers, and you've been excited about this day for a really long time. And then there are some of you, and you've kind of been dreading Mother's Day for one reason or another. It might be because, you know, your mother passed away, and on Mother's Day, you miss her more intensely, more acutely acutely than you do uh, at any other time during the year. That, that might be one reason. Or, or maybe you don't have that great of a relationship with your mom. She's still around, but you know, you guys don't always gel real well together. And so you know you're gonna have a, a phone call later, but you know it's gonna be kind of this short, awkward conversation. So all morning, you're just gearing yourself up. You're like, okay, I got a call. We're gonna make it through this, I promise, right? And then for some of you, Mother's Day is difficult because motherhood is your dream, but it's not your reality yet. There are a lot of emotions around Mother's Day. Many of them so positive and awesome and exciting, and many of them full of more difficulty and tension, uh, for sure. Now, one of the things that I don't always love about Mother's Day is that we celebrate it often very superficially. We kind of treat it like it's a veneer, you know? It's a quick covering over all the messiness and difficulty that being a mother actually entails. Are you with me? Like one day out of the year, the kids will smile for a photo, right? One day out of the year, we'll buy you a greeting card. One day out of the year, we'll buy you guys a bouquet of flowers. But how many of you know that by tomorrow, the flowers are dying, the kids are fighting, and mom is back to being as overwhelmed as she ever is. So what I want us to be sure that we don't do today is to celebrate Mother's Day in a superficial way. Because the truth is that too often Mother's Day is full of sentiment and it's short on substance. 
That it's all like, oh, that's happy, that's nice. Yeah, we're all cheery and smiley. But we know that there's more going on under the surface. And so I don't want us to deal with motherhood or the, the, the passage that we're gonna be talking about from the scripture this morning. I, just, I don't want us to talk about it in a superficial way. So what we're gonna do today is we're actually going to walk through the words of Jesus that we just saw in the intro video, you know? Very famous teaching of Jesus. And what I, what I'm a, a, I want us to be very careful about is that we don't treat these words the way that we often do uh, treat Mother's Day. That is, we don't just read it and we're like, oh, that's such a nice sentiment from Jesus. I really like what he says there. It just makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Jesus' words here in this passage are not meant to make you feel warm and fuzzy. They are meant to make you feel encouraged and empowered that whatever it is that you're facing today, with his help, you will get through it. And so I want us to really dive in and engage with these words. And I want to tell you up front that this message is going to be spoken to mothers, but it encompasses more than just mothers. So if you're not a mom, if you're a guy, whatever it might be, I think this message is still going to be incredibly helpful to you. My hope is that no matter what your circumstances are, by the time you leave this morning, you're like, yes, this is what I need in my life, okay? So let's read Matthew chapter number 11. We'll start in verses 25 and 26. In the passage, we're told that at that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it in this way. The translation here, what Jesus is about to teach is not intuitive. It's not something that you're going to arrive to uh, or arrive at naturally. You're going to hear it and you're going to say, wait, what? Huh? I don't, what? How can that be? So what he's telling us up front before we ever get to this teaching is that we're going to have to let down our guard and open our minds a little in order to receive his wisdom. Okay? So bear with me, roll with me. I think you're going to find this to be really good. In verse 28, Jesus said, and here are the famous words, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Whew. Now, Jesus wasn't only talking to mamas in this passage. He was talking to absolutely everybody who feels this way. But let's be real, being weary and carrying heavy burdens is a pretty perfect description of motherhood, isn't it? That's what you guys do every day. You carry the heavy burdens of your family. Your mama carries the fear for the future and the responsibility for raising you. You've got all that on your shoulders. And boy, if you do it long enough, you'll start to feel worn out. You'll start to feel a little bit exhausted. So in this verse... Jesus makes both an invitation and a promise. An invitation and a promise. The invitation is to anyone who feels worn out and weighed down by the stress of life. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. He says, hey moms, those of you who feel like you have to be able to do it all, you need to know what I'm about to say. This promise is for you. But again, his words aren't just for mothers and dads and things like that. He, he's essentially saying here, hey, singles, those of you guys that are striving to find a spouse and you keep striking out time after time, you need to know this. This promise is for you. Those of you that are working too many hours and you just feel like you cannot get ahead, this promise is for you. Kids who are getting bullied at school, this promise is for you. Pastors who don't feel adequate to lead the people that they've been entrusted with. Guess what? This promise is for you. You need to know this thing. Religious folks, your faith has made you feel like you can never measure up and you're never gonna be good enough. 
You need to hear his words here. This promise is for you. The invitation is to anyone who feels worn out and burdened by the stress of life. He says, to those of you, I offer you a promise. What's the promise he makes to us here? It's rest. Oh, Jesus offers us rest. And if I'm honest, rest sounds amazing. I, I can't be the only one that's like, yes, please. I'll take a couple extra hours of sleep, mm-hmm, for sure. I would love to have a few more weeks of vacation. That would be amazing. It would be awesome if I had fewer things on my calendar. If you're like me, you're probably thinking, hey, if you're offering rest, Jesus, sign me up. How do I get this rest that you have? In fact, some of you, some of you moms, when your family came to you and they said, what do you want for Mother's Day? You said, listen, you don't have to buy me anything. Just let me sleep in. Can I sleep in? Because rest is a wonderful gift. And Jesus promises us that he'll give us rest. So the invitation is to anybody here this morning who feels worn out, weary, burdened, and stressed by life, and the promise is that he'll give you rest. So how do we find that rest? Where does that rest come from? Well, Jesus tells us here in verses 29 and 30. We'll put it on the screen for you so you can read along with me. Jesus says, hey, you got to recognize you weren't made to carry a yoke in this life. You weren't. No, no. God created you to live without any responsibilities and stress. You should be sleeping like 12 hours a day, for sure, for sure. Hey, if you're in school and it's just stressing you out, just go ahead and drop out. It's okay. It's probably not worth it. You do you. It's okay. You you shouldn't carry around that burden, for sure. Uh, uh, Employees, if you want to work three days a week, just work three days a week. Who, Who decided five days a week? No. You choose how much you want to work, just do you, okay? Don't worry about what you're going to feed your kids dinner tonight. God will feed them if they need it. God feeds the birds of the air. If he feeds them, he'll feed your kids too, right? What you need, mama, is a break from daily life. You need a vacation. You need some rest on your calendar. So go ahead and take it. You deserve it. Nope. That's not what Jesus says. He says, all of you guys who are worn out, All of you guys who are struggling, all of you who feel weighed down and broken down by the pressures of life, I want to give you rest. But then the rest that he talks about isn't time away. It's not time off. It's something else. In fact, what he actually says is, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden that I give you is light. Okay. In order to understand the full meaning of what Jesus is teaching here, then you have to know what the word yoke means. Anybody know what the word yoke means? Okay, not all of us do because we didn't grow up in three hills wearing Carhartt. Are you with me? Okay, a yoke is a farm instrument. I think we've got a picture of it. We can put it here on the screen for you. It is a wooden beam that goes across the shoulders of oxen or cattle or horses, and it helps them to pull plows and wagons. That's a picture of a yoke on the screen. And a yoke was a very common item in the first century. Like everybody would have had a yoke for their animals, or even if you were maybe really poor, and you didn't have a yoke for your animals, your neighbors had a yoke. Everybody who heard Jesus teach this passage to say, take my yoke upon you, they understood the imagery that he was using there. Now, you and I, we don't really pick up on it quite so fast. I think the people who heard Jesus say, take my yoke upon you, when he's talking about rest, they would have been like, uh, what? Wait, 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 wait. Because they understood what a yoke was and maybe we don't know. You see, a yoke is a work instrument. You realize that? It keeps animals tethered to their task. So when Jesus offers a yoke, 
He offers what we might think that a tired mom or an overworked executive or a stressed out teenager needs the least. They don't need another implement of work. They need a mattress. They need a vacation. They need a few extra days off, but that's not what Jesus offers them. Listen to what scholar Frederick Bruner had to say about Jesus' words here. I think this is so good. He says, Jesus realizes that the most meaningful gift he can give the tired is a new way to carry life, a fresh way to bear their responsibilities. Realism sees that life is a succession of burdens. We can't get away from them as much as we might like to. Thus, instead of offering escape, Jesus offers equipment. Jesus means that obedience to his teaching, that is his yoke, will develop in us a balance and a way of carrying life that will give us more rest than the ways in which we have been living. Oh, how good is that, you guys? Rather than offering us an escape from life's burdens, Jesus equips us to carry them well. This is what Jesus offers us. See, we think if we're gonna find rest, then we've got to escape. We've got to get away from the responsibilities. We've got to have less responsibilities. But the truth is, I don't care what influencers tell you on Instagram, okay? You can't escape all your responsibilities in life. You can't just run away and travel the world in a van, okay? You can't do that. You have a family, you have a job, you have things that you need to do and accomplish. And so when Jesus talks about rest, he's not talking about escape. He's talking about equipping us so that when we face life's difficulties and burdens, we don't deal with them in the way that we used to. We have a new set of equipment. We have a new way of handling these things. So when we feel stressed out after a long day, we don't crush a bottle of wine, we pray about it because that's the equipment that Jesus gave to us. When we feel overscheduled, we don't just take another day off. We take a Sabbath, which is something different. We're going to be talking about Sabbath next week. When people curse us, we bless them in return. When they demand that we go with them one mile, we volunteer to go two miles with them. When uh, you know, Instagram makes us feel inadequate, we remind ourselves that a person's life does not consist in the abundance of their possessions. When the enemy is whispering in our ear, you know what, you failed one too many times, God is done with you, we remind ourselves, we hit him with the truth of scripture, that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. See, what Jesus says here is so important. It's so good. What he tells us is that when you yoke yourself to him, the burdens of life do not go away. Some people think, oh, if I give my heart to Jesus, then everything's gonna be easy. I thought after I became a Christian, it was all gonna be cool and smooth sailing. I don't know who told you that. It wasn't me, and it certainly wasn't Jesus, okay? But what he does say is that when you yoke yourself, connect yourself, link yourself to him, the burdens are carried in a different way. The burdens are borne, not just by you, but also by him. What he says is that if you will trust what he's teaching here, that you will find rest not only for your bodies and your minds, but you'll also find rest for your souls. Because that's what he promises. He says, take my yoke upon you, learn from me. I'm gentle, I'm humble, I'm lowly in heart. He said, you'll experience an easy burden, a lighter burden and he says, the reason that you'll be able to do that is because his burden is light. His burden is easy to carry, all right? You will find rest for your soul. We think if we're feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, overextended, the answer is rest for our bodies and rest for our minds. And yes, of course, we need all of that. But if we don't address our burdens, our struggles, our tensions, and our stresses, if we don't address them in the spiritual 
as well as in the physical, then we're missing a huge chunk of the equation. That's why Jesus highlights the rest that he offers is rest for your soul. You ever taken a day off or a week off? And then when you go back, you're like, I am every bit as tired as I was when I took that. Like, this doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense. It does when you realize that you don't just rest your body. You don't just rest your mind. You also rest your soul. This is the promise that Jesus offers us. Hey, I told you this wasn't going to be a a Mother's Day full of, like, pretty words and empty platitudes, okay? We want to see some people set free. And if you want to be set free, then you're going to take on yourself the yoke, the work instrument of Jesus. Now, there are a couple things here that I want to point out about this yoke that Jesus talks about. First off, he says that it's my yoke. Did you notice that? He says it's my yoke. He doesn't say, okay, God has a yoke for you, and your yoke is different than her yoke, and her yoke is different than his yoke, and his yoke is different from his. Everybody's got their own yoke. God's got a yoke for you. No, that's not what he says. He says, everybody takes on my yoke. It is Jesus' yoke. It is his responsibility. It is his burden to carry. The the picture that he's using here, we've got an accurate one on the screen. He's talking about two animals that are walking side by side, that are linked together so that where one goes, both have to go. So that they don't carry the responsibility all by themselves, but together they share the responsibility. I'll admit It's a little weird to be comparing people to like cattle on Mother's Day. I get it. These are Jesus' words and he includes himself here. So we'll kind of overlook that for for just a moment. He says, it's my yoke. And so catch this now, because he is linked, connected, walking side by side with us. That means that when the burdens of life come, he promises to do the heavy lifting. You're not carrying it anymore. If you were able to carry it all on your own, then you wouldn't need to be yoked to Christ. God would give you a yoke that is fit for you and the task and the purpose that he has for you. But he doesn't do that. He links you to Christ. And he says, when you are connected, when you are yoked to Jesus, then you will always have him with you and he will help you with all the burdens that you face. So this rest that Jesus offers, it isn't the absence of stress or responsibility. It's a reprieve from the lie that you have to carry the burdens in your life alone. That is the rest that Jesus gives you. He's not gonna take away every hardship. He's not gonna smooth over every family difficulty. He ain't gonna make your kids angels overnight. It's not how it works. But what he says is, I will equip you to handle those things in a new way, a healthier way, a more sustainable way than anybody realizes that will provide rest, not just for your bodies, not just for your minds, but also for your souls. So Jesus says, it's my yoke. Secondly, Jesus promises that his yoke is easy to bear and that his burden is light. Again, Jesus doesn't say, accept me into your life and I'm gonna take away all your burdens. You will not have any burdens anymore. No, he says, I'm gonna take your burdens and I'm gonna give you a new burden, but if you'll trust me, you'll discover my burden is light. That phrase there, the phrase that says, um, Uh, easy to bear, it literally, most literally means kind or well-fitting. So Jesus says, if you take my yoke on you, you will discover that my yoke is kind. He describes himself as gentle, meek, humble in heart. He says, it'll be kind. Or another way to to translate that word or to think about it is that the yoke that Jesus gives you is well-fitting. You put it on and it will feel natural to you. Why? Because you were created to wear this yoke in the first place. 
I experienced this firsthand last year. I hiked the West Coast Trail. If you're not familiar with the West Coast Trail, it's like 100 kilometers on the western edge of Vancouver Island. It's crazy. It's like rated as one of the most difficult hikes in North America for its length, okay? And um, so I start this thing. I have a 50-pound pack on because I'm all by myself. I got to carry everything for seven days on my shoulders, all right? So I got this huge pack. I'm not a big, strong guy, but I got to carry everything with me. So every day I get up and I put this pack on. And I just got to tell you, if you've never done any long distance hiking with a heavy pack, like once you get it on, you don't want to take it off, you know? Because once you take it off, you're like, oh boy, that feels good. I don't want it back on again, okay? So day one, I'm tired. Day two, I'm starting to get real tired. Day three, I think I'm going to die. Four days in, I wake up. I'm crying. Not really, but maybe. Anyway, I put my pack on that morning and I set out. And I have to tell you, there was something about that day that was wrong. Something about that day that was off. I found that I was struggling to carry that pack. Like I'd been eating all my food and as you eat your food, the pack gets a little bit lighter each day. So I was expecting it to get easier as I went along. But on day four, man, I was struggling. I could barely take step after step. And there was something about my pack that was just killing my shoulders. And I'm like, dear Lord, just let me get home. My wife is a massage therapist. She will take care of me, you know? About four hours into the day, Man, this, this shoulder, like, I don't know, my backpack had been chafing. And so like it had just abraded all the skin here on my shoulder and chest. And, you know, I finally decided, okay, I got to take this off. I got to unpack. I got to repack. I got to deal with this, even if it means that I miss the tides and all this sort of stuff. So I go to take my pack off. I undo the waist strap. And then I go to take the shoulder straps and shrug them off and let the pack drop. And when I did, I realized that that morning when I got up in my exhaustion, in my frustration, you know, in my tiredness, I had put those shoulder straps on and this one had rolled inward a time or two. And that was what was causing all the problem. That's why the pack felt so heavy. That's why it was rubbing my shoulders and my chest wrong. What I was doing was wearing an ill-fitting pack. It was not well-fitting. Once I fixed that, it was like, oh, I feel like a million bucks. I can go all day now, right? The difference was between ill-fitting equipment and well-fitting equipment. And Jesus says that his yoke is well-fitting equipment. Put it on and it will make life's burdens easier to bear. That's the entire purpose and point of what he's giving you. I gotta tell you, I just think this promise from Jesus is so rich. Like there's so much to it, it's so good. And and, and you may not realize there's a whole nother layer to what Jesus is talking about here. Do you know that this idea of us giving our burdens to Jesus and then him giving us something better in return, that's actually at the heart of the gospel. This is what it means to be a Christian that we give something to Jesus and he gives us something better in return. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 21, we read this. In Christ, God put all our wrongs on him who never did anything wrong so we could be put right with God. The Bible teaches that essentially when Jesus was on the cross, even though he was sinless, he was completely righteous. He had right standing with God and he had right standing with everybody. When he was on the cross, All of my sinfulness, every wrong thing I've done, every commandment I've broken, every person that I've hurt, anybody who's ever hurt me, all of that sin, all of that evil that I'd been carrying around on my shoulders for the first 16 years of my life. The Bible says that God took it off of me and he placed it on Jesus 
on the cross. He took my burden. But then in exchange, I didn't get to just walk off and be like, cool, I don't bear the weight of my sin anymore. I got something even better. The scripture says that while Jesus took on my sinfulness, God gave me his righteousness. There is this exchange that happens in which he takes the worst of us and we get the very best of him. Our savior is well practiced at carrying our burdens. He's been doing it since like AD 33, (laughs) y'all. So tell me this, if Jesus can take the greatest burden that you and I carry, that is our sinfulness, our separation from God, if he can bear the weight of that, why do you doubt that he will also carry the weight of your everyday struggles, the difficulties of being a mom, the stress of trying to provide for your family, your worries about the future, your family, your marriage, your finances, Why do you worry about any of it? You're not meant to carry that load and responsibility on your own. If you will yoke yourself to Jesus, you'll discover that he will actually take that burden from you. He will carry it from that point on and you will have a new burden, but the new burden is both well-fitting and light. This is why in 1 Peter 5, 7, we're told that we can cast our cares on him because he really does care for us. Now, last week, I I told you that uh, we were talking about priorities, remember? And I had like the balls and the rice and that silliness. And so anyway, we were talking about how like when you make God your priority, when you seek first the kingdom of God, okay, that all the other things that we tend to worry about, they, they tend to fall into place. God has a way of honoring people who honor him, okay? And so I told you last week that if you're gonna make God your first priority, you're gonna have to get really good at saying no to people. Because you can't say yes to God and yes to everybody else. And I told you that today I wanted to give you some practical help on how to say no without being a jerk and feeling guilty about doing it, okay? And the way that I think you can learn to say no in a spiritual, in a healthy way is because you understand the easy yoke of Christ. If you have yoked yourself to Jesus, that will give you a permission to say no to other people because your priorities and time are already spoken for, all right? So let me explain to you what I mean. First things first, you can't wear more than one yoke, right? You can't wear more than one yoke. You have never seen like a horse and uh, an oxen yoked together because it's two different kinds of yoke, two different kinds of animals. You've never seen two oxen put together wearing three or four different yokes and they're all linked to different animals going in different directions and trying to accomplish different jobs. This yoke, they're pulling a plow. This yoke, they're pulling a wagon. It doesn't work. You can only wear one yoke at any single time. See, I think the the reason that most of us struggle with saying no is because we feel guilty when we say no. It's like somebody asks us to do something or make a commitment and we're like, I really want to say no. And you're racking your brain trying to find a good reason that you can say no. And you're like, come on, brain, don't fail me now. And you're like, I can't think of anything. And I don't want to be a jerk. And I don't want to let these people down. And I guess I could rearrange my schedule so that I could do this thing. So we feel guilty about saying no. But when you yoke yourself to Jesus, you realize that your job, your purpose is not to please everyone in life. Your goal is to please an audience of one in life. I've already connected myself to Jesus. In the end, it's his opinion. 
It's his command. It's his approval that matters to me. The rest of y'all, I hope I can help. But if ever the yoke you wanna put on me comes into conflict with the yoke that Jesus has already put on me, I'm gonna say no to you so that I can say yes to Jesus. When we have accepted the yoke of Christ, we have an ability to say no that isn't centered on us anymore. It's centered on my relationship with God and the purposes and plans that I know that he has for me. As an example, I want you to imagine that your boss comes to you and your boss says, hey, man, I need you to start working Sundays. We are short-staffed and uh, I need you to pick up some shifts on Sunday. Now, you might feel, if you're not yoked to Christ, you might be thinking to yourself, I really don't wanna work Sundays, but you know, like I could use a little extra money and I know they are short-staffed and boy, I need that church time, I need that family time, but I, I, okay, I guess I, I guess I have to say yes. But when you're yoked to Christ, then you say, hey, listen, I wish I could help. I'm very sorry. But for me, Sundays are my days of rest and worship. And so I can't give those up. I wish I could help, but I can't. You're gonna have to find somebody else. Now, you're thinking to yourself, what if they fire you? So what? There are a million jobs out there, you guys. Again, I believe God has a way of honoring people who honor him. It just, it has a way of working itself out that way. I've, again, I've had to deal with this in my own life. So there's a pastor's meeting that happens here in the city every month. And I actually really like going to it. When I was a youth pastor, I used to go to pastor's meetings and I'm like, these are boring. I'd rather be at home playing video games or something, you know? But I moved to Canada. I grew up a little bit. And now I actually really enjoy these gatherings of pastors. I like catching up with my friends. And I really like hearing what God is doing in other congregations around the city. I just think it's super cool. However, in January of this year, they changed the day that these pastors' meetings happen on. And so now it falls every single time on my day off. I'm like, oh man. So there's this tension and there are people who are like, hey, Dan, it's just once a month. You know, you got three other weeks in which you can keep the same day off. But once a week, why don't you change your day off or give up half your day and then you can come hang out with us and still be a part. And there's a, I mean, again, there is this pressure to say yes, but I know that I'm already yoked to Jesus and my Sabbath is too important to compromise. I need that time off. And so I've had to say no. I've had to pull back. I've had to not do what I could do because my priorities are linked to Jesus instead of anything else. So Jesus, I think he gives us the ability to say no, because like we're already spoken for. We're already yoked and linked to him. But also, I think it's easier to say no once you have worn a well-fitting yoke. Once you have lived life overflowing, I promise you will never want to go back to life overwhelming. When you have the yoke of Jesus on your life, it's still a yoke and sometimes it still feels like a burden, but that burden is better fitting and it is lighter than anything you've experienced up to this point. And so you will not find yourself going back because now you've discovered how life was meant to be lived. So hear me now, saying no is not selfish, it is spiritual. It will help you to continue to move in the direction that God wants you to go. I was reading this. Um, oh, man, this was so good. I'm reading this book right now. It's called Essentialism. It's a business book. But anyway, um, it's written by a guy named Greg McEwen, and he said this. This is a mind-blowing line, okay? He said this. When you say no, you trade popularity for respect. Whoa, that's good, isn't it? When you say no, you trade popularity for respect. You're gonna have a lot of people who are unhappy with you, but you do this long enough. You stay yoked to Christ. You say yes to him and no to all the other stuff that's gonna pull you off track. People are gonna start to say, oh, I want what she has. I want what he has, because they know what they're about. And they're not afraid to go after it. 
and it alone. Man, I think that's so good. Okay, let me wrap up today's message this way. Let me wrap up by speaking to you moms for just a moment. Because the reality is, there are some very difficult, heavy expectations that are placed on you. These expectations that you're a super mom, these expectations that you always have the answers and you never let your kids down and you're always providing. And you know, like those, I don't know where those expectations come from. They might come from social media. You might've picked them up there. Uh, They may have been placed on you by your mother-in-law. They might be self-imposed, but we have this yoke. See, you think, well, I'm not under a yoke. So why would I take the yoke of Jesus? What you have to understand is everybody's living under a yoke. You're living under the yoke of expectation. You're living under the yoke of the world. And so what Jesus is offering you is the opportunity to swap the yoke that you have been carrying, the one that's heavy, the one that's ill-fitting for one that's light and one that fits well. If I can be honest with you for just a moment, your, your, your yoke apart from Jesus is going to be difficult to bear. Your kids are not always gonna be easy to bear, okay? But Jesus' yoke, his presence is going to be easy to bear. You might not feel that the career that you're in right now is very well-fitting for you, but the yoke of Jesus is well-fitting for you. And so the challenge then is to give up this burdensome yoke that's leaving you exhausted, leaving you feeling as though you're not good enough, you're not loved, you're failing your children and your family. Give all of that up and instead connect, link, trust yourself to Jesus and you will find that you're no longer carrying those burdens alone. You're carrying a new perspective, a new way of dealing with life's problems. I had an ending to this message that was all written out and ready to go. And then Friday, I was coming down here to put my slides into the computer. And I noticed that our events team had done all this cool stuff out in the lobby. I mean, I'm sure you guys saw it when you came in, but like they've got like potted plants for you guys to decorate with your kids and stuff. There is um, like this cool photo booth that's happening out in the foyer. But there's one thing that you might've walked right by and didn't even notice on the, just to the right, on the backside of the auditorium wall, they've Uh, printed or hand drawn actually a bunch of posters with like really cool and inspirational sayings on them. And as I was coming around on Friday, I stopped to read them and there was one that stuck out to me. And this one that stuck out to me was so good. I was like, oh, that's how I have to end the message. I'm gonna go, but just forget what I said. What do I know? I'm not even a mom. Let's actually let the moms tell the moms what they need to know. So I want you to hear this and I want it to be a great encouragement to you. It says, Your kids don't need a perfect mom. They need a loving mom relying on a perfect God. This is the rest. This is the easy yoke that Jesus offers to you ladies, to you men, to the teenagers and kids that are here as well. You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to have all the answers. Instead, you need to trust yourself to a perfect God who promises that he will shoulder your burdens and he will make sure that you find genuine rest for your souls. 